Welcome back to the Lions Cave. It's the fan podcast, just talking some Lions. And boy, did we have a potential all-timer. Something you've been dreaming about in the first half of that football game. But sadly, then there was the second half. And San Francisco, they decided to come back on the Detroit Lions. 24-7 lead at halftime, if I'm not mistaken, Zach. And the Lions could not sustain that. We're going to talk about it all. The 49ers are the NFC champions, beat the Lions 34-31. That is the end of what has been an amazing season. Yes, it hurts. I'm looking forward to getting this podcast done. I mean, we, we did a little rescheduling, so we're recording on Wednesday now. So it'll be good to just finally talk about it, get it over with, and move on and look ahead to 2024. To do that, I am going to bring in my best buddy and co-host, Zach. Zach, give your your thoughts on, you know, this just heartbreaking loss to the 49ers. Man, it just – you know, it's kind of good that we we didn't record like right away on a Monday. There was a lot of mixed emotions still. It probably I, – I will say this. This is arguably the worst loss that you could feel as a Lions fan. I mean, it's worse than that Ravens loss in 2021. This is – you're one game away from the Super Bowl, you know, and it it's hitting us hard. It really is. But I think now that the dust is settled, I think it's a good thing. Hey, let's let's put a bow on it. One last time, let's go through our thoughts as to what happened with this game. So I changed it up a little bit. The last few weeks I've been going offense and defense, but I'm going to go positives and negatives here, taking a look at things. So first point I have is we're going to start with the positives. And positively, I'll say this. I love the start that this team got off to going into San Francisco. And I'll say this in that first half, Justin. They were bullying the bully. That's what they were doing. They were letting San Francisco know they're not coming in to be pushed around. And this isn't some just feel-good story that's happening right now. They wanted to go in and make a statement. And the way they did it was big. That first drive, you know, you saw them mix the run-up, and then when it was time, you knew Ben Johnson was going to have a few tricks up his sleeve, and he at least one of them. The end around to J-Mo that gets the touchdown. Similar play like we saw against New Orleans, except you didn't see J-Mo diving into this one. He broke off a tackle. Drake Greenlaw was grabbing his jersey, and J-Mo found a way to get out of that, and they get on the board first. Montgomery gets a huge touchdown. Then you see, you know, they get a takeaway. Malcolm Rodriguez got his first career interception, which was awesome. Then you see Jameer Gibson get into the X. So early on, and they were shutting down Christian McCaffrey, and it was like, okay, here we go. You know, early on, they had shown the stats, and it was like Montgomery, Gibbs, and even Jamo were all outrushing Christian McCaffrey at one point, who – Many are putting in there for his MVP candidate. We knew this guy was going to be a handful, but it was like, man, you're starting to feel it. And all of a sudden, you're like, you're up 24-7 at the half. And it was like, wow, okay. This is good. This might happen. 
And it leads to my second point, which is for every positive, Justin, there are negative. And negatively, that second half sucked. I'll just say it. The third quarters this year, I, I don't know what it is. I feel like third quarters for us are like oil and water. They just don't mix. And we had a crucial turnover with, you know, Goff trying to hand it, the ball off to Javier Gibbs. That gets that taken out of his hands. You know, he lets it go. Then you have Purdy, who throws a deep shot, goes off the helmet of Kendall Bildor, somehow finds its way to the hands of Brandon Ayu. And Niners just kept clawing their way back. And it was until they finally they put their foot on our throat. That's exactly what they did. And we couldn't get stops. They couldn't contain Purdy. Shoot, he was. Everybody talked about coming into that game, how much of a game manager it was. Man, he didn't look like a game manager. He looked like a freaking MVP the way he was playing. I don't know. It just felt like a different team that came out in that second half. And there was a lot left on the table that they had in that second half. And are there some things that could have been done differently? Absolutely. But scoreboard's going to tell you otherwise. And, you know, we, we gave it everything we had. And I think that's the biggest thing I'll say is this. They didn't quit. Okay. They fought until the very, until those clocks hit zero. It's just second half. It's just everything you felt that could go wrong did. Point number three. And I think we knew we were going to get into this, Justin. We got to address the elephant in the room. What exactly are our thoughts on the gambling by Dan Campbell? And I know you'll get into it on your end. Here's how I'm going to put it on my end. It is true that there is the adage. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. And Dan Campbell is that guy, no matter what it is. People are going to make jokes about it. He's a guy that if you're playing blackjack and he gets 18, he'll hit on 18. That's just who he is. You know, he's that guy that'll take those chances. And here's what I'll say about both. This was instant reaction, all right? The first time he went for it on fourth down, I agreed with. Because you knew you have to keep a lead against San Francisco. As I talked about in the previous podcast, San Francisco struggles the most when they play from behind. That's where they have issues. And under Kyle Shanahan now, all of a sudden, they've had these playoffs, they've had back-to-back wins where they've had to come back against opponents. So I felt in that situation was fine. Instant reaction on the second one is just take the points. Just take them. Yeah, you're going to tie that game. Yeah, it's possibly a tie game. Then I started thinking about it more. Suppose that game is tied at 34 going into that stretch. What is the next thing that could happen? Here's what I was afraid of. Two things it breaks down to. One, Goff throws an interception he'd like to have back. Or two, one of our guys fumbles and San Francisco gets it in our territory for a chance to win. That's kind of how I look at it, is if we do kick that field goal. So, look, do I appreciate and respect how aggressive Dan Campbell is? Of course. Look who he played for and look who he coached with. He played for Bill Parcells. And he he played and coached under Sean Payton. So you think about it for Dan Campbell. Taking what he learned from those two men and applying it to his style of coaching, but adding his own twist to it. 
And the reason he's going to go for it a lot is because he believes in his guys. And every guy that you have seen now over these last few days that has come out, they all will tell you the same thing. They're going to back him 100%. They will run through a wall for him. They will walk through fire for that man. And I cannot remember the last time there has been a head coach in the city like that. And I know there's a lot of people mad, and immediately they want him fired. And I'm like, it's like the same thing we talked about. Look, the guy helped bring you a division title for the first time in 30 years. You've won back-to-back playoff games. I mean, we overachieved in a lot of ways, and now you want him gone? I, I don't know. You, it really kind of showed me who the true fans are. And if you get up back on that bandwagon, I'm sorry, we're going to have to fact check you. Uh, two more things I'll say here. Number four, here we go into the offseason. Brad Holmes is going to work. Road to next year in New Orleans. We got late February, the scouting combine. Free agency in March is going to hit. Roughly around $59 million in cap space to hit. I think they said it today. The, the other six teams ahead of the lines, they all didn't make the playoffs. And they've got a lot of cap space. Then the draft in Detroit coming up in April where seven picks you get to work with. This is what we've been waiting for. Brad Holmes, who congratulations to him, named executive of the year by, the I think, the Pro Football Writers Association named him that, and he's earned it. But this is where Brad Holmes is at his best. We know it through the draft. But now let's see what he can do with free agency. Now that he's got the money to spend, let's see how he uses it wisely, and let's see if he does go after some of those big names. Let's keep that in mind. My last point is this, Justin, and, and this is I really want to hit this one home. Regardless of how this season ended, no matter how mad we are, no matter how upset we're going to be in two weeks when we see the Niners out there against the Chiefs thinking that could have been us. Man, this is one football season I never want to forget. I mean, this has been the most fun I've had, getting to come on this podcast with you every week, you know, getting a chance to chop it up, talking with my parents about it, you know, talking to some people at work about it. Here's the other thing, though why this this season is so special for me it's because my sister and I got closer just talking through football and before anybody asked I repeated it earlier in the year yes she she started watching football more this year got into more before Taylor Swift you know was dating Travis Kelsey or the whole nine or what have you so I got proof on that situation but either way you look at it man it's I don't want it to end And it sucks that it ends. But you know what? I'm glad I got to go through this year. Man, let's do it all over again. Let's let's do it again, except let's let's take that next step. That's it for me. I'll turn it to you with your points. Yeah, a lot of the same feelings. You know, season I never want to forget. And I'll talk about that a little later in my thoughts. I want to start uh, with Dan Campbell. Yeah, I'm not going to be mad about going for it on fourth down. I'm just not. That is his uh, philosophy. Those field goals were not automatic. we got to remember, Badgley is not like a Matt Prater. And I know that that's this regime's, some would say, biggest blunder is they haven't figured out the kicker. And it's a silly thing to say. Some would say it. I don't know if I'm saying it. I, I maybe, maybe they need to address it, especially if they want to win these type of games. But... Let's say if he did, let's say he had Justin Tucker, would he still go for it on fourth down? Then I think people would really roast him. But that just seems to be his philosophy. 
But I think what people aren't really being mad about is the execution. Think about those drop passes. I know, especially in the second. Goff was getting a little bit rushed. And when Goff is rushed, that's when that's when he's not as accurate. But you need to come down with that if you're Josh Reynolds. And I'm not trying to be down on He's already feeling it. I, I hardly got sleep Sunday night. I can only imagine how he slept. I woke up. I told you this. I woke up. And the first thing I thought of was that Gibbs fumble in the second. Just because that's how, that's really when the tide turned. And you were just like, oh no. And I was just, oh, I was miserable sitting on my couch. But we can't be mad at Dan Campbell for being Dan Campbell. What's the purpose then? He's the one that got you here. He and what Brad Holmes is doing has got you here. You can't be mad at him. And I know those are are quote-unquote points left out on the board. If he makes it. Earlier in the season, he's been doing this all year. I don't know why this is a surprise to people, just because it's in the NFC Championship game. And a lot of people are going to say, well, he kicked the field goal before halftime. This analytics versus your gut kind of a feel. And it's funny that, and a lot of people are making the point that it's funny that Dan Campbell is the face of kind of analytics of football. He's the one that said, we're going to bite your kneecaps off, you know, at the press conference. But that shows you, he's maybe he's not doing it for analytics. He's doing it because if we score, that's a version of biting your kneecap. That's, I want to take back this game. He saw the 49ers getting, you know, their rhythm. And he wants to take back the game and put the power back on our side and, you know, then put more pressure on them. There's a balance. It's not one way or the other. It doesn't need to be one way or the other. He decided there. What if Badgley missed that field goal? Then we're mad that he didn't go for it. And I know it hurts, but this is playoff hurt. And I'd rather have playoff hurt than a team that has never made it to this point. Doesn't mean it feels good. I def- I'm defending Dan Campbell, but I still am sick about it. But I'm sick because the team didn't execute enough in the third in the third and fourth quarters to get us there, like they did in the first and second quarter. At halftime, I was strutting around the house. Like we, you know, had already won a Super Bowl. That's how confident I was. And boy, it was it a big crash down. But I feel like this team can get back there. I really do. And maybe, just maybe, it'll be at Ford Field. Because you got those two playoff games. There was a twelfth man, and it was the Ford Field faithful. They helped us win those playoff games. I, I I know that is the case. There's something about getting juice from your, your home fans. And my last painful point, and I know everyone's going to focus on the defense, but we really need to focus on the offense. Second half was really bad. I touched on it a few times. I said about, talked about the Gibbs fumble and the drops. But there has been times this season where the defense has broken and the offense comes and storms back and scores. And then that gives the defense a little juice. And then we can get back and, and control the game again. 
that just did not happen. When the 49ers came back, they were outplaying us. Like I said, the offensive execution was just bad. And I know I haven't really seen people get mad at golf. I mean, he was getting a little pressured. They really got to come down with those, you know, those passes. And if anything, maybe St. Brown needed to be involved a little more. Try to get him involved a little more. If I can nitpick a little bit on the coaching, maybe that would be my one thing. And if I'm going to focus on the defense at all, it's going to be, you know, obviously we had that, you know, circus catch happen, you know, poor Vildor. It was right there. Why are we letting Purdy run? I said on this last podcast, I said, he's not going to run on you. Like, you know, I believe I said Lamar Jackson. Well, guess what? He had more rushing guards Sunday than Lamar Jackson did in their playoff loss. My one goal I'd like the defense to focus on in the offseason is to contain quarterbacks and get home. We really need to focus on that. And then we need to get Hutch some help. He was a non-factor in that game. Really didn't hear much from him. And that's because they neutralized him, right? Because there's nobody on that other side. We need somebody on that other side that can get, a, you know, to help him. I think the interior does an okay job. Aleem McNeil really stepped up in his pass rushing this year. But could you imagine if Aleem, him, and then, you know, mystery player that's decent and can play, uh, you know, we, we just not, have not been able to find that pass rusher. Charles Harris isn't in, unfortunately. He just doesn't have it. We need to find somebody else. I think that would really help you. I think the linebackers played really well portions of this game George Kittle was a non-factor for a majority of that game the pieces are there I know everyone wants to say corners 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 and yes we may need two outside corners Brad Holmes I think will know that defense needs to be a priority this offseason because if we could just get a few more stops maybe the offense could have got back into rhythm you saw it there at the end of the game. They mar- they did march down the field. Maybe. This has been the best Lions season of my life. I've enjoyed it to no end. It's been so great, these feelings that I never thought I would feel. I never thought I'd see the Lions win a, win a, a division. Two playoff games. And they're in the NFC Championship game. And they're, they're leading at halftime. And Dan will have the right motivation going in. He's going to say, unfinished business might be a term. There, we're this close, let's build back, we can do it. He will have the right message. And believe me, the, the you're right on. The locker room respects him. Uh, there's all this baloney about him maybe losing the locker room if they keep losing like that. No, that's, that's ridiculous. Because he's showing the players that he trusts them. Just to get back to your one point, you talked about obviously getting Hutch some help in this offseason. Mm-hmm. And I think for Brad, that's going to be the challenge is, okay, it's it's either one of two ways. Do you want to go out in free agency and have to spend a good chunk of money to get that help to go alongside Hutch? Or are you going to have to do it in the first round? Because understand this, they don't have another first round pick like that they got from the Rams. There's no other one yeah, they have. it's all that. ours this year. So it's just one pick. It's the 29th pick. So they've got to figure out, because you know it's going to be defense with that first pick. It's either you go corner or you go DN. And I like how you said it with Sutton, though. I feel like early in the year, 
He showed you he could be that shutdown corner. But it was somewhere along the way, maybe it was that Dallas game where really we started to see, did he take a step back? And it's not that he was terrible in the playoffs. I mean, it's just, it's hard. He was going against some of the best receivers in the league. Yeah. You know, back to back to back there. Outside corner absolutely needs to be a a position of need. Absolutely. It can't be overlooked. Everything gets amplified in the playoffs. Everything, it's put on a bigger scope. And so that's where you were seeing it more and where guys are going to get exposed more. Because we can watch it during a 1 o'clock game. Well, how many other people are going to care about it except us? You know, that's just it. Here you've got the entire world watching. No other games are on, and it's just you. And that's what the playoffs are about. It's best against the best. And, you know, unfortunately, we just didn't come out of it and get it done. But, hey, and I know we talked about, let's see what Brad does. With all that cap space, with the draft picks we have, you got to believe he's going to have something up his sleeve in the draft. He always does. I think that's yeah. the question is what will he do? I, I trust, you know, we got to, we got to trust. It's what we call it. It's it's not just the off season. It's Brad Holmes season. Don't ever question another draft. We have to realize that we were spoiled. I think you said it a while ago. We got spoiled the first two years of the draft. Everybody was quick to judge this one. And it was knee jerk reactions of why we're doing this. Now, after this draft, never. Question of Brad Holmes draft. Yeah, and he, no. that doesn't mean that he's not going to miss on people. Statistically impossible not to miss on people, right? But we got to trust him for what he's shown me so far. And give him credit, he's built this offense. Look where this offense was. I mean, look, look, look where this whole team was. The defense isn't terrible. That is a common misconception. We're just missing a few pieces. They just got to add, and you could yeah. do that. That being said, we have to close this out like we usually close it out when we're you know focusing on a recap, and that's by giving out the football plan due to the week, man. For one last time this year, I am going with David Montgomery, a solid Brad Holmes signing, 15 carries, 93 yards, and a touchdown. They let Jamal Williams walk out the door. A lot of people are bad. No, we came on here. We there was mixed reviews. About what do we do? Like, why are we going this route? Jamal just came off having a thousand yards, led the league in rushing touchdowns. What are you doing? Brad Holmes knew something, and Monty added a little bit more to this offense than Jamal did. Monty's a guy that doesn't fumble a lot. He's a guy that can do a little bit more in the pass game. And what him and Gibbs have done this year, special, very, very special. So that's who I'm going to go with there. Justin, what about you? I'm going with a defensive player for this game. It was really their shining light, and I was convinced that that was going to, you know, we we had Purdy turn it over. That was going to be the tipping point. Let's go. It's Rodrigo. He came off the bench for Barnes. Hope Barnes is doing well. Hopefully he's all healed up and ready for next year. Rodrigo got that INT, and what a big moment for a guy that, you know, had a really splashy rookie year. He was, a, a you could say, a fan favorite thanks to Hard Knocks. And, you know, we got to remember he was a sixth round pick, right? Be him being a starter was always kind of hold your role there, but really solid player. Hope he, I mean, he could be a great special teams player for us and, you know, and fill in the role there. And remember he played some fullback, you know, earlier this year. So yeah, solid, a, solid special teams just player. A, and Just a football yeah. player. And, you know, they love drafting, you know, football players. Yeah. That's how they call them. So yeah. 
Now I just hear you say his name. All I could just think of is Kelvin Shepard saying it on her. Watch Rodriguez. Watch Rodriguez. Like, that's all I could hear now. And then him shrinking into his chair when he was like, because, you know, he was just kind of like, you're a rookie and all these veterans are. All these veterans are. I don't know. Yeah, you're getting yelled at because you're playing very well. That shows you where the linebacker room was. Derek Barnes really has stepped up because he was not playing at the level he played. Anzalone's been balling the last two years. Jack Campbell, we know, is going to come into his own. Our linebacker court, not as bad as you think. And not, and really, we don't need to worry about for the first time in how many years it's not a need. We got some big news, and it was some breaking news that came in yesterday. Ben Johnson. Uh, he was up for two cut coaching vacancies. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I can report to you that Ben Johnson is staying in Detroit. He said it yesterday. He's not going anywhere. Amon Ross St. Brown brought up on his podcast. He got a call from Ben and he said, so what are you going to do? Like you, you got a pretty busy thing. He's like, you know, woke up. He just said he was thinking about, it. he's like, I, I really don't want to do this. And he's like, I want to stay here. Unfinished business. As we said. And that's really what it is for these guys. And I think it's tough because he had a chance to get the Carolina job last year, turned it down. I thought for sure he's gone to Washington. Like they had officials coming up to interview, but man, it's like, you got to uproot your whole family. It's this late in the year. He necessarily didn't want to go through all that. Now had the chargers job still been open. Maybe we're thinking differently, but the good news is he's back. That's already a major win for the off season. So Kudos to Ben, and thank you for staying. And you got to figure Sheila is going to be putting another zero on his paychecks. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be some, you know, some compensation because you're only a hot head coach for long. What you know, there and everyone's been saying this. What if the Lions have a down year? I don't think that's going to happen. What a huge win for us when we were just feeling dejected, right? You're like, oh great, not only are we, did we lose the NFC Championship game, but we could lose, you know, all of our, our coaches. All of our coaches are getting interviews. What if we lose all these great pieces? Because let's not let's not be joking here. These coaches, this this coaching staff is the reason we are where we are. It's along with the players that we've dressed. Everything is clicking for once in Detroit. I don't want to see that go. No. And and these guys, I think it just shows you the culture. That's the number one thing it shows you, does it not? That this culture has changed. Guys could have left, but they what you know, Brad and Dan have done, it's a complete 180 to where guys are like, I don't want to go anywhere You know else. how hard it is to, you know, a lot of people say, wham, wham, you're, you're coming ahead coach and making a lot of money. You still got to uproot your family. Yeah. You, you got to move. You got to find a house. There's Then you got to you know, get a coaching staff. They make a lot of money, but still, you still have to do that. You're still uprooting your family. Like, maybe they just yeah. didn't want to do that. And he's like, you know what? I want to try one more time. To see yeah. if we could do this. To if see we if can do finish it. We were the job. so close. There's something to that. And they love it in Detroit. They really, I think that's one thing Ben said is, you know, him and his wife love it here. It's like, why would he go anywhere else? And he's got so much respect for Dan. I think it tells you a lot. So some other big news, uh, and this is in regards to our coaching staff too. So obviously the good news is Ben Johnson staying, right? Now, as far as two other coaches are concerned, Tanner Eggstrand, who... Many thought if Ben Johnson leaves, goes to get a head coaching job, this is the guy that would get promoted. Him or Scotty Montgomery, the running backs coach. Well, Tanner Engstrand is getting interviewed for two offensive coordinator openings. One of them is in New England, and the other is in Tampa Bay, where 
Antoine Randall, our wide receivers coach, also is getting uh, interviewed as well for that opening. Hopefully they go other places and everybody can come back. I want the offensive coaching staff to come back and I want all the coaching staff to come back. We don't need to, we don't need to screw it up. Yeah. And I think they said it the other day now with Brian Callahan leaving, going to Tennessee, like there have been so many, like there's no offensive coordinators that have been hired past 2022. Like it's crazy. Like that their first year is 2022. It's like, nobody's had a longer tenure than that. That is, that's an interesting well, hire, by the way, too. Trying to make the most out of Will Levis, huh? That's yeah. We'll see him, and we'll get into that a little bit more here. Uh, Pro Bowl games. If any of you are interested in the Pro Bowl games, you do know there are five lines going. Well, turns out a couple more names are getting added. Remember when we were all up in arms? We're like, oh, Amon Ross St. Brown's not going. Well, well, who are these people? It's a popularity contest. I remember. You effectually saying that, oh, it's just a popularity contest. That's all it's for. Well, good news. With some injuries taking place, Saints go to the Pro Bowl. Joining Amon Ross St. Brown will be a running back for the Lions. But not just any running back. No, no. It is the rookie, Jameer Gibbs, who is going to go. So think about it. Two of the picks that were criticized by Brad Holmes this year. Or by criticized by Brad Holmes drafting. And now look where they're going. They're going to the Pro Bowl games. See what happens, people? Wait, people criticize St. Brown? I don't think anybody's ever done No, no. I'm talking about Gibbs and Laporta. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no. People people are criticizing those picks. No, yeah, no. They'll never criticize the St. Brown pick. No. If anybody criticizes the Avon Rob St. Brown pick, come just go show. <laughs> yeah, come talk to us. We'll go get the list. You're wrong. We'll go, you're wrong. We'll go get the list. Well, the 16 receivers drafted ahead of him. We'll tell you who's good. All right, there's a few good ones on there. Fun reminder, he keeps that in his locker. So he can write that down, too. He writes that down oh, in yeah. his notebook it's... as well. So I mean, there's a few good ones on there. I mean, we, we'll we save that, though, for another discussion. Uh, Jamar Chase, of course, is the first one. Schedule has not been released yet for the Lions. But you know what has been released are the opponents the Lions are going to face in 2024. So... For this year's iteration of the schedule, the Lions are going to play the NFC West, and they will also play the AFC South. Now, at home this year for the NFC West, it's the Rams and the Seahawks. On the road this year, it will be at Arizona and, you guessed it, San Francisco. Now, the AFC South, they will be home this year. They will face the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. They will go on the road this year to take on the AFC South champion, the Houston Texans, and the Indianapolis Colts. The usual suspects, the division opponents, and that because they won the division, it's a first-place schedule. They're going to play Tampa Bay at home, champions of the NFC South. That game will be in Detroit. Other games that will be in Detroit, Justin, much like it was two years ago, we get the extra home game. And that home game will be against the defending AFC East champions, the Buffalo Bills. And lastly, for a third year in a row, the Lions will travel to AT&T Stadium to take on the Dallas Cowboys and hopes to not get screwed over by officiating. I'm Zach Hadaway. Those are the opponents. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. And for those of you wondering, hey, this is kind of old news. Uh, we did talk about this, but for time in that episode when it was released, I, I kind of 
shaped it and, and cut out. I said, we can talk about it when, when the season ends. So, well, we're talking about it. We are going to rank our enthusiasm for those games when the schedule gets released. Um, you know, cause it's all about when it is. And, you know, we had a really good time doing that last year. I'll talk a little more about that. And you know, why don't I just jump into it? Yeah. So, um, well, let's start. What's, what's our next episode going to be about for a little, a little yeah. preview. What, what, what are we going to be getting into next? Well, week? we're going to have a little more fun when I know a lot of this was doom and gloom because of the result of the game, but the next episode, we are going to rank our football playing dudes of the year. We did that last year, uh, top five. Uh, and we do, a um, you know, an honorable mention, you know, a number six player who will it be? We'll rank them. It's going to be fun. We just talk about the players and what they meant for us in this 2023 season and where they rank for us. We all have our favorite players, you know, these aren't, so these aren't necessarily who we picked throughout the year as the football playing dudes of the week. Um, but you're going to see a lot of them, anyway, I'm sure. And also in the same episode, we're going to do top games of the year. So top five games of the year. Uh, that's something new. Zach actually, that's all him. That's It was his idea. So credit to I, you on that. I think it's a great idea. Well, and I see a lot of these blogs do that, yeah. where they're like, hey, let's look at the top. They, they will rank the 15. Like some of them will do top 15. I'm thinking, man, you know, we do this the year. I'm like, hey. We didn't do this last year. You know what? Why don't we do it? Let's rank the games of the year that meant a lot to us and that. But I like how you mm-hmm. said it for the football playing dudes of the year. This isn't – we're not playing favorites. This is who we think. Well, I mean, you know, it is It is our favorites in a way, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's who we picked during the week, you know, of the season. So um, I, I do want to tally up the football playing dudes of the – I know we, I said at the beginning of the year we were going to do that. Um, on the Facebook page and that didn't happen. Sorry. I know I say a lot of things. What I want to do is tally that up and see who had the most um, out of the year. And and that'll kind of, and we'll, we'll give them a special shout out. If you're wondering, okay, well, how's the off season going to work? Well, we go monthly. March's uh, monthly podcast will be all about the re-signing free agents, all the signings that happened throughout the month of March. So look for that about the end of March. You mentioned on re-signings. I wanted to throw this out really quick. Yeah. Uh, found this out this morning. I want to shout out Pride in Detroit because they're the ones that put this up here. The Lions and Graham Glasgow have mutual interest in a re-signing. That's huge. In the article, it says, quote, During exit interviews with the media this week, Glasgow said that the Lions have already let them know they want him back next season. And this is from Justin Rogers, the Detroit News. It says, quote, They said, we'd like to have you back. We appreciate what you did this year. That's cool. I appreciate that. But they even said it. From here on out, it'll be it will just be us talking with your agent and seeing what we can do. We talked about it. Remember, we need to resign. It, it. it wasn't on a big scale where it's like, wow, they just signed. Like people were like, okay, that you know, we looked at it as like, oh my god, he's back. He's coming, you know? Yeah, we were excited, and I know he was going to be the starter eventually. I just knew it. I'm sorry, Big V. He's not going to be on the team next year. So No, and we uh, talked about unsung heroes. You think about unsung heroes this year, that's the unsung hero of this yeah. team. When you were mentioning re-signing, so I was like, oh, there was something else I forgot yeah. to add. So, yeah, there. that's a good good ad by you. We'll be looking for that. We'll probably be talking about whether that decision was made in that March podcast, which I said will probably be at the, around the end of March. Expect that. Around the middle of April, expect draft preview how we do that zach does 
an entire mock draft for the Lions. It was really fun. I'm going to have him keep doing it, and I like how I don't know anything about it, and then I just react. I think that's and a lot of fun. I think it is, and it's nice because I get to put my GM hat on, but people people that ask me, but it's like, well, do I did I text you or did I message you, hey, here's the results? No, because I said I'm going to tell it to you, and I want – your authentic reaction. The and you got, you got Hendon is, Hooker right, by the way. A lot of people, yeah, I, not I, in the I, right spot, but yeah. <laughs> well, I also got Mo Ibrahim right, but Mo Ibrahim was an undrafted free agent, so <laughs> yeah. there was that. But no, so, I just to get your reaction, and the best yeah. part was you including the the draft sound. That, to me, yeah. made it all <laughs> oh, it'll be It'll be back. Then in May, we do what I talked about before, which is the, the schedule reaction show plus the draft recap. You know, we do draft recap first, and then we do the schedule reaction where we rank, we're ranking the draft picks. We rank and our enthusiasm, you know, are we excited for the pick? Because we don't really want to be the grading podcast or, you know, that's not what we are. We're just fans. We just want to look at it from the fan perspective. It's all just subjective, but it's, it's all instant reactions. Yeah. That's really what that podcast does is okay. We're well, going to give you our answer. It's yeah, probably it's, about two weeks. It's instant uh, reaction, but then it's like, okay, <laughs> now that we've had some time to really sit on it, yeah. here's what we really think about that pick and how it could be beneficial. That, yeah. Or how it may not be beneficial. Because that's what so, I, that's also what I liked is we took some time. You know, I know, and we did it for scheduling reasons and that too, uh, but it's not going to be instant. And, you know, the draft in Detroit this year, Zach and I are, are you know, we're early talk setting up uh, being at that draft. So not only are we going to be reacting to the draft, but we're going to be telling draft stories. And so it, we, it has an opportunity to be a really fun podcast, just talking about our experience. So that'll be May's podcast. And boy, it sounds like a chat full podcast with what I just uh, <laughs> laid out there. And then June and July, we, you know, we take the time off. I know there's mini camps in there that, you know, if something huge breaks, we'll do like a mini cast like we did for when the JMO suspension came out and things like that. But for most part, I'm not going to, not going to really do a podcast in, in uh, June or July, just, you know, enjoy your summer. And uh, then we come back uh, in preseason games in August when they start up. And that's when we really get going again. If we do do a training camp, if we go to a training camp uh, session or something this year, we'll definitely pot about it. Not going to be a, you know, probably a super long one, but those are just the things to, to have you expect. I, a lot of the mini camp stuff and the, the training camp stuff to me is subjective. You just really don't know until you see them play a football game. That's just my personal feelings. Right. Yeah. Until they're, it's because they're going up against each other. It's like when it's actual competition, when it's you're putting the pads on and you you get to hit somebody else, as they always talk about. Real quick, Zach, you said some other news about um, some Lions uh, up for some awards. Oh, that is right. You know, the NFL Honors, Justin, are going to be coming up here February 8th. Uh, that'll be on CBS and NFL Network. Lions fan, Keegan Michael Key, going to be hosting uh, here for this one. Now, I mentioned. Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta. Well, guess what? They are up for the AP NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. This year's going to be tough because three other guys that are in that are B. John Robinson, running back for the Atlanta Falcons, Puka Nakua, wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams, and C.J. Stroud, quarterback for the Houston Texans. I'll just give you an early prediction. If I'm looking at that award, I know for us, you could really go either one. We could split that award up if we have to. Journal consensus is it's going to be C.J. Stroud. I'm just saying. And and it should be. I mean, it, it's going to come down to him and Puka Nakua. The other big one we got to get to is 
the assistant coach of the year. And wouldn't you know it, Ben Johnson is up to be the AP assistant coach of the year. Now, there's some pretty good competition. Might I add, when I started looking at it, it was like, ooh. And uh, you look at the guys that he's going up against. Let's just tell you how it is, because I'm delaying the inevitable, because I want to make sure I get all the candidates up. But here they are. Former Ravens defensive coordinator, and now after today, new Seattle Seahawks head coach Mike McDonald, who now is the youngest head coach in the NFL. Ravens offensive coordinator Todd Motkin. Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick, who much like Ben Johnson, by the way, he's staying in Houston. That is huge. They're not going to lose their offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach. And then lastly, Justin, it's our old friend, Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz. Who got I, in a fight with the Chargers coach. <laughs> They're back in the league together. Oh, God. Oh, man. It took me a minute. I'm like, he got a fight with Staley? I'm like, when did he get in a fight with him? I, that was my first thought. I'm like, when did he fight Brandon Staley? I, I don't remember this. <laughs> you were at that game. I was, and I left, and I'm still, and I still kick myself. That's one of the things about on Zach is that he left uh, the game before the Schwartz Harbaugh fight. Oh my goodness! I mean, it literally, it's going to come down to either Ben Johnson or Mike McDonald. And in the past year, as of recent, I'll say this: it's gone to a guy that actually has gone on to be a head coach. Last year, it was D'Amico Ryan to the Niners. What happened with D'Amico? He went on to be head coach with Houston. But Justin, let's get to this list. The coach of the year in the NFL. The finalist will be, for the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. From the San Francisco 49ers, Kyle Shanahan. Boo! Boo! From the Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh. Here's who I think it's going to come down to. From the Houston Texans, D'Amico Ryans. And from your Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell. MCDC is up for coach of the year. Let's go, man. Let's go. Come on. That's what it's going to come down to. Is it's going to come down to Dan Campbell, to be Grimes. By the way, how cool is this? Those two guys played for those franchises. They're now head coaches for. I mean, they've shown to like Dan Campbell highlights of him with the Lions. Obviously, D'Amico was drafted. Sorry, his career in Houston. I, how cool is that to see those guys get it? But look, John, we know what John Harbaugh is capable of. We've seen it. You know, Kyle, he's already up for Super Bowl. What Kevin Stefanski did this year, all the injuries they had, they had to go get Joe Flacco <laughs> off the couch to come play a quarterback, and he's leading them into the playoffs. I mean, heck of a coaching job. I just don't think it's going to garner enough. I'll be stunned if he's named coach of the year. How could you not with Dan Campbell? I mean, for a franchise that had gone 30 years without a division title, 32 years without a playoff win, on the doorstep of the Super Bowl, the, and where do I need they to, were in 2021, I think that's got to be looked at. Yeah, look and, at the progression. It's yeah. that it's that gift they always show Campbell from Hard Knocks. Yeah. <laughs> just going up. That's all they've done is just go up. Dan Campbell's not a one-hit wonder, if we're going to go a music uh, metaphor here. But lastly, let's ask a question. We usually do three questions. One more award. Yeah. Got to congratulate Dan Campbell from the 101 Awards. He was named the 2023 NFC Coach of the Year. So MCDC's got one award. Let's see if he could add another. I'm learning about people that give out these awards. I thought it was just like the AP and... Yeah. But Well, the Pro 
the Pro Football Writers Association, I think it's cool for them to name Brad Executive of the Year yeah. and well-deserved. 30 it's minutes still- away from a Super Bowl. Super Bowl. See, that's kind of depressing when I say it like that. Okay, let's talk about that Super Bowl, though. We're, gonna, of course, going to watch it. We're football fans. You can't just not watch the Super Bowl. This is a first for us. It's a Super Bowl of, like, holy crap, we could have been there. So, who do you root for? I got to say you got to root for the Chiefs, right? I'm not rooting for the 49ers. I can't. Okay. So, so who are you picking? Right now on the spot, who's your pick? Yeah, I just said it. I can't root for the 49ers. It's, it's the Chiefs. Okay. All right, let's look at it. Twofold. Mr. Relevant, Brock Purdy. Christian McCaffrey, respect to him, would like to see him win one. Um, you know, Steve Wilkes is now their defense coordinator. He should have got that Carolina head coaching job. Like, You're a big were... Steve Wilkes fan. I got to say that. Well, he he was good. Look what he did for them. Yeah, they beat us. They ruined our yeah, playoff they beat chances. <laughs> Dude, I watched the video the other day. Dan going up to him saying, hey, you guys, you guys said he kicked our mm-hmm. – yeah. so, so he should have got in the it. second half. <laughs> yeah, they did too. I wonder if but, he said it to him again. I wonder if he found him. But you know what? The new evil empire is certainly showing what they could do. I mean, I would love to be like Kansas City. But they're doing it with their defense. Yeah, I would love to be like Kansas City because where you're making a conference where you could just pencil. It's like, all right, right, uh, pen. They're going to conference championship every year, and that's it. They're doing it with their defense. Steve Spagnolo, you know, rubber. Once upon a time, he was a head coach. Remember, he was the defense coordinator when they beat the Patriots when they were 16-0. and He was the Giants defense coordinator at the time. Hey, I mean, he – Great coordinator. He Andy Reid brought him into Kansas City. He's a guy that's been given the chance. He worked under John Harbaugh for a couple of years. But he's come back to Kansas City. And what they've done this year, as a defense, it's impressive. They brought in a guy, Drew Tranquil, from the Chargers. The guys had a really good year. Bolton's a good linebacker. Sucks they did lose their D. McDuffie, holy cow, that guy is. Yeah, Trent McDuffie's been really good. I mean, I mean, Chris Jones, the guy is going to get paid this offseason. Just don't know if Kansas City's going to do it, though. But That being said, I had a really good, strong – I had faith. Everything was working my way. I wanted Chiefs, Lions Chiefs on Sunday, and we were this close I to just, getting it. I wanted Lions Ravens because we already beat Kansas City. Justin, oh, we, we got still, smoked by the Ravens. Oh, okay, we're not going to have this. Revenge. Debate. No, no, we're not going to have it. I just, I wanted revenge. Okay, that's <laughs> well, why. I maybe we'll revenge. get it someday, but if we, if we'll we were, we'll play it If we were going to play in the Super Bowl, I wanted to face the team that we already beat. I'm sorry. So, really quick, I don't know if you've been, I've been seeing a bunch of these photos. People just taking the rage out on Madden <laughs> and they're playing as Lions and Niners. And I'm looking at like a few of these scores. I'm like, oh, man. Lions 272, 49ers nothing. Uh, and it's just like, it's so bad. I'm like, you got to be playing on rookie. Good. Yeah, you're going to be playing on rookie. And you're just, and I think some of them are putting the backups in. And it's like, <laughs> then you look, gone. This for this, five touchdowns, no interception. It's just these ridiculous numbers. That's a positive way to take out frustrations. Just oh, aggressively yeah. playing, man. You know what? That being said, man, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I, I just, Travis Kelsey, I'd like to see him get another one. But Checo. That dude is awesome as a running back. And I just, like you said, they're doing it with their defense. I don't know. People are saying Big and Red. Mahomes like, is still Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. And Big Red, Andy Reid. And so there's something about Andy Reid I just love. That State Farm commercial with those the, these nuggies, it makes these me These nuggies. Laugh. Yeah. We, we always quote that. I just, <laughs> he's just so likable. He really yeah. is. And he just, 
And he I'm was happy for, like a Packers coach, but that was so long ago. I don't even. And he was. And people yeah. at Philly had a love hate relationship with him, but now it's like, man, now he's he's here. He's at like the top yeah. of the mountain. Well, he was got, always a great coach. I always said I would that would, we had Jim Schwartz at the time. Speaking, you you mentioned him earlier, and when the Eagles and him, I don't know if he had fired or they part. I'm sure it was just a mutual parting of ways. When when that happened, I said I would push Jim Schwartz off a cliff to get Andy Reid. I thought. Matthew Stafford and Andy Reid. Who has the next best arm than Matthew Stafford? Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Can well, you imagine? They're in awe, like, oh, he's doing all these Sarah films. It's like, yeah. we're sitting back. We've seen this with Stafford. Calvin's himself. been saying that in our interviews. He's one of those guys who deserves it. One of those coaches that just deserves it. Now he's adding to that Hall of Fame resume. He's still doing it. And Yeah, there was, like I said, there was – no, there was not even rumors of it happening. They would have had to part with Jim Schwartz first, but yeah, it should have happened. If I was the owner, it would have happened in a New York minute. But I probably, I know the answer to this would be Dan Campbell. Name, I don't know if you also saw this story when his mustache was froze. Yeah, in that oh, yeah. Game, there was a bakery. We didn't talk about made. There's a bakery that made a cake, <laughs> and it was his frozen staff. Like there aren't many coaches you're going to do that for. You're going to do it with Campbell. You're going to do Campbell's soup. You're going to do that. But how many are doing that? And there's people dressing up as Campbell. People dress up as Andy Reid. Oh, if you want to talk about the fun, can we go Lions real quick and talk about what we shared on our socials that Fago put out, the, the kneecap uh, yes. pop? That was a I great, saw- yeah. That was great. I had to share that on the socials because, yeah, it, it's that's clever. And I just, that's what I love. I, if we could, I wondered yeah. what that was, like what yeah. brand that is. And then I found it the other day when I was at Meyer. I was like, oh, that's what it is. So the, that's what they use to create the Photoshop. They're going to do it. How much do you want to bet that would actually That'd sell be great. Out. But, you know, if we can circle real quick, what we saw, the whole state just kind of rally around the Lions and enjoy this. Yeah. was really special. And I don't think that can be. I mean, no. everybody had Lions fever. I mean, it was the top story on the news the next morning when we lost. That's how important it was. They were chanting Jared Goff's name at Red Wings games, Pistons yeah. games. Heck, in grocery stores, they were doing it. I saw somebody put on uh, Twitter, they were saying, I'm going to start a Jared Goff chant in church. <laughs> I'm really going to see what I can do. I'm like, yeah, you need I, to, somebody's like, video it or it, does, or it never happened. And then so our, rock, our rock station in Saginaw said that they better hear Jared Goff chants at the um, Saginaw Spirit hockey game. It's It was great. I said it before. I'll say it again. The 06 Tigers, you know what it did, Justin? It brought back that love of baseball to the state of Michigan. Yeah. That's what it did. Guess what it did here in Detroit? That's exactly what this Lions team did. It brought that football. No matter where you went, Lions gear was selling out. And you could feel proud. And it was you could finally talk to people. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't get the slide remarks like, oh, the lion, oh, they stink, you know. Uh, But, like, that's that's what's great. And You you want to get the stink eye, exactly. And it's just just been a lot of fun, and I hope it it keeps going. But it's so cool that what they did to capture it, it it really was an amazing thing this year. That last segment, we kind of jumped all over the place. But, you know, it was a fun season. Mm -hmm. You know, it has to end, unfortunately. There will be a Super Bowl. We're going to watch it. Uh, we're not really going to podcast about it. We actually have the, my plan for that uh, list podcast to come out on Super Bowl Sunday. So if you don't want to watch all the pregame because you're thinking about, oh, my gosh, the Lions could have been in it. Then you can hear us talk about our top five, you know, football playing dudes of the year and our top five favorite games. So look forward to that next week. Other than that, we'll see you next time when we enter 
The Lion's Cave.